so this idea of us being able to offer our fiber services where it makes sense outside the city dovetails quite quite well uh, with the regional approach that our, our business leaders are looking at in this community. Hello, this is the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Terry Huval, Director of Lafayette Utilities, joins Chris this week to discuss his community's experience in deploying its LUS fiber network. Lafayette's fiber network has attracted new businesses and new good-paying jobs, helping to reboot a once-struggling economy. There's also more people online, schools have top-notch access, and the community is saving money while controlling its own digital destiny. As communities around the city of Lafayette also seek better connectivity, LUS Fiber is exploring ways to expand beyond city limits so other parish towns can benefit from gigabit technology. Chris and Terry talk about why LUS Fiber wants to expand, the challenges they have faced and continue to face today, and whether or not Lafayette plans to follow Chattanooga and Wilson's lead and ask the FCC for relief from state barriers. As states across the U.S. consider ways to improve connectivity, lessons learned from places like Lafayette can help shape successful policies. Here are Chris and Terry Huval from LUS Fiber. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell. Today I'm speaking with Terry Huval, Director of Lafayette Utility System in Louisiana, which operates LUS Fiber. Welcome to the show, Terry. Glad to be here. I'm really glad to have you on. Uh, we've, we've loved what you've done in Lafayette. And I wanted to just start by asking, how are things going down there? Things are going really well. We're very pleased uh, with how the system has performed. Our customers are pleased. They're growing every day. Uh, of course, the headlines and the kind of attention that is drawn to our community have been something that would cost millions of dollars for a city to bring to, to their own to their community. Uh, it's, uh, it, our economy is uh, going well, even with the fact that, the, that we're still a heavily oil industry-based uh, community. We're still growing, even though there's some, been some, the oil prices have dropped and, and those kinds of things. So, you know, we're still growing. We're adding new residences, new businesses. Uh, the fiber system is, is, uh, is being vaunted very often as a reason why businesses are choosing to locate here. Businesses are looking to stay here. Businesses are looking to expand here. Uh, the, uh, the residential customers are elated about us having a gigabit per second services to their home. We have set a standard uh, that our competitors can't meet, which is really important when you're in a competitive business like this. And uh, it's a lot of excitement about the fiber system. There's, there's discussions about it uh, regularly on the streets. Whenever I see people in the grocery store or at church or at the ball game, there's always someone talking to me about the system and usually telling me how excited they are about how great it is for their home or their business and their community. I actually have had the chance to use it a few times, uh, once from the home of Jeff Daly when I was visiting, and uh, it really is a wonderful system. I mean, I, I I think that may be the fastest connection I've experienced, actually, that wasn't on some sort of college campus. Um, mm. So let me ask more deeply about the impacts of the network, which uh, I'm curious about. Uh, you know, you mentioned that some of the jobs are locating there. What are what are some of the examples of firms that have come into town, uh, and then also a few examples of any firms that have that already were in town that have expanded? Yeah, well, as far as the ones coming into town in the last a year 
maybe a year and a half, we've had a CGI has opened up a, a, an onshore delivery center here that created 400 new direct jobs and an additional 405 new indirect jobs with an average salary of about 55000 a year. And Quero is uh, putting an, an agile uh, delivery center here uh, for 350 direct jobs, about 350 additional indirect jobs, average salary of 64000 a year. And Proficient is putting a domestic delivery center here for uh, 245 new direct jobs and 248 new indirect jobs and an average salaries of about 60000 uh, so to, to all, in, in total, we're talking about you know about a thousand uh, jobs created directly, and another thousand jobs being created indirectly just because of their presence and the support uh, uh, entities that'll be um, in place to, to to support their 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 companies. You know, those are big headline grabbers. Those are the kinds of things that uh, you know all three of these companies have cited LUS Fiber as a reason why they came here. The state of Louisiana has has some you know very attractive economic inducements, economic development inducements to try to bring companies here, but. Those inducements are the same, whether it's in New Orleans or Baton Rouge or Shreveport or any other part of the state. But these companies are choosing Lafayette to come to uh, to get that inducement because of the fiber system being here. They've, they've commented to us that this gives them some flexibility on how they handle their work staff, uh, allowing some people to perhaps you know work from home and, and still have uh, network uh, quality connectivity with their offices. Uh, and they just see it as being a community that's that's taken this kind of uh, leap forward as being the type of community they want to be located in. And, you know, one of the things that I sometimes hear from people who are intent on dragging you down is that, well, a lot of the Gulf economies are doing well because of the extractive industries. But what I'm hearing from you and what, what City Parish President Durrell has, has told me as well is is that, you know, you're laying the future so that if at some point the oil industry, you know, has a, um, a setback and, and, and declines, you have now a second industry that you're starting to build up you can rely on for your local economy. Oh, there's no doubt that the tech, bringing tech industries into our community does provide some good diversification for, for our economy here. And, you know, no doubt also that oil and gas is still very, very important here. But, you know, we realized in the 80s, whenever the, there was the oil bust and, and oil prices came down to, you know, $12 a barrel that, uh, that you know, that, that we had to find some ways to diversify. And the city has. There's a, a number of, of tech companies here. Some of them supporting the oil industry, but, some, but many of them supporting other industries, too. Uh, and we've kind of become more of a regional uh, hub in, uh, in retail and in med- medical care. Uh, and so the fiber system really fits very well in supporting uh, those types of, uh, of industries. And there's lots of excitement. I mean, all the major companies in town are buying our services, and companies have told me that they have made the decision to stay in Lafayette uh, because of a number of factors, with the fiber system being one of them, because they're, you know, they don't have to move to a big metropolis like Houston or Dallas or Atlanta uh, to get 
the kind of speeds and flexibility and pricing that they're getting here in Lafayette from the big pipe perspective. Plus, you know, they the, the, the employees themselves, it gives them a better quality of life in their homes uh, to have that type of, uh, of capacity available. There's been studies taking place nationally that indicate that, uh, that homes that have fiber connectivity uh, typically sell more on the market than those that don't. One of the biggest complaints I have it's in the areas we have not yet served, and there's some developments that are taking place uh, and uh, that saying, you know, we want to have LUS fiber here. We want to try and make this happen. We have one developer actually paid to get the LUS fiber infrastructure built into his subdivision when he was building it uh, so, that, uh, his, so that he could sell his homes more quickly. Uh, so there's no question that, 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 that infrastructure, just like electricity was and water was and, uh, and sewer was, because all those are essential components of, of, of quality of life uh, for people, that that, that has the, the fiber is in that list. Now, the LUS fiber, you connect everyone in the city of Lafayette, but not in the entire parish. Is that right? Well, what happened is when we built the system, we issued uh, $125 million of bonds, and that was based on what the city looked like in 2004. Uh, of course, as you may recall, in 2005, we had to have a citywide election, uh, which we're getting ready to celebrate our 10th year of that. We'll talk more about that later, 10th year since that date. But in 2005, we had an election, but then we got caught up with another couple of years of lawsuits that slowed down our uh, getting into the market and then we began serving customers uh and and you know the customers that we had planned for or those that were in the city in 2004 well the city has expanded since that time new developments have taken place etc so we don't have fiber in all of those new developments and all those new expansions we're about ready to to uh, to make a move to do that because financially we're getting stronger each year so about how much of the city do you pass currently we are along every public street in the city that existed in 2004. Probably, as things stand today, we're probably on, on 98% of the streets now because it's probably an extra 2% that has been built since that time that we're not yet on along those streets yet. As you've been in the papers lately, it looks like you've been considering expanding as well outside of the city into the parish with some of the other local governments or areas that are not a part of the city formally right now. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yes, whenever the, the proposition was proposed in the city and the vote was taken, it was only in the city of Lafayette. And even though we have a consolidated government between the city and the rural areas, the parish of Lafayette and, and well, the parish as a whole, uh, the city utility system is only owned by the, uh, by the city and the city fiber system is only owned by the city. Uh, so expanding outside the city is something that we had not uh, planned in the at the beginning. Also, we need we had plenty enough to say grace over to be able to deal with those areas inside our our community. But now we're getting strong enough to where we can start looking at that. But there's there's several criteria associated with it. If we're going to go outside the city, then the entities outside the city that want our services are going to have to come up with some kind of funding source, or they'll have to be adequate business to justify our extension of our lines outside the city to get there. Uh, so let's say it's a large industry, which is really what the, 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 
the biggest push was is that you know there's large companies outside the city that would like to receive LUS fiber. Well, the types of services they might buy might justify uh, us expanding our lines to serve them. And if not, perhaps the cities that they're in, the towns that they're in outside of Lafayette, might be willing to pitch in to build and make that happen to build support in a large industry in their community. The second thing that that uh, Mayor Durrell wanted to make sure we included is that we had to have uh, some type of annexation policy so that the city can continue to grow as well as those towns being able to continue to grow without having, you know, conflicts. We're starting to, this is a popular part of the state for people to move into, and each city is trying to grow their borders so that we can continue to to grow our our respective economies within our community and our tax bases within our communities. And the third thing we had to have a good relationship with those those those, uh, those cities that might be looking to do that. So those are the three criteria in place. You know, financial, of course, is, a, is an important part of it all. And there have been discussions uh, uh, about about extending outside the city, but we haven't, you know, haven't gotten our arms completely around all those issues so that we can make final decisions on it. But the, the, from a legal perspective, we have, uh, there's nothing prohibiting us to serve outside of our city or outside of our parish for that matter. Uh, and so it, it's, it's just a matter of the economics working out to make sure it, it makes for good public policy overall. I can imagine where a local government that has the kind of network that LUS does to say, we don't want to expand our network. We want businesses to have to move into our borders and pay taxes to us and, and, and have their workforces live within our borders. Uh, I'm, I'm always curious, and, and I salute your willingness to expand beyond your borders to serve your neighbors, because I think it makes for strong regions. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, how do you see it in terms of what are the opportunities for LUS Fiber expanding uh, beyond the city? I think they're 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 strong. Uh, the in fact, just recently, our local chamber of commerce, with Greater Chamber of Commerce of uh, of Lafayette, uh, has now morphed into a a regional entity called One Acadiana. This uh, this part of Louisiana we call it Acadiana because it ties into uh, uh, Acadie, which is where the initial uh, French settlers. Uh, settled in around where Nova Scotia is today, and then when they were evicted by the English in 1755, they settled in Louisiana and called that area Acadiana. It's kind of the, the French, uh, more the French heritage part of our our state, and it's usually about a about a six to eight parish area around Lafayette. Lafayette being right in the middle, and 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 areas outside of that. Our, our Chamber of Commerce has decided that you know to be able to get the kinds of projects that we need that affect that impact us all on a more regional basis, that they need to have a more regional footprint. And so this idea of us being able to offer our fiber services where it makes sense outside the city dovetails quite quite well uh, with the regional approach that our, our business leaders are looking at in this community. What are some of the challenges that come with expanding? Uh, you know, I have to assume that that for someone who's been working on this and and you know dealing with paying off all the bills that you incurred from the capital costs and 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 just knowing how how bitterly the rivals like your your cable and telephone company opponents will fight you on these sort of things. Um, you know, what are some of the challenges as you anticipate as you look at expanding? I think the biggest challenge is the financial challenge. You know, it is is the cost of expanding. It's it's uh, you know if, if one takes a a circle and draws it on a page and it's a one inch 
you know, diameter circle, and then you expand that by four times, then the area expands uh, uh, the square of that, you know, and and so as you as we continue to expand from in the city to outside the city, we're going to try and serve larger areas, and there's a lot more capital costs associated with that. That's one particular thing we have to always keep keep in mind. We can't can't overrun our headlights. The second thing I think that's 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 more concrete is that if we can serve businesses, because if a business is located in a town not far from us, chances are a number of people that work for that business shop in Lafayette, live in Lafayette, send school, send their children to school in Lafayette. You know, so when we try to support, especially the business environment outside of our community, that's where the biggest return on that investment takes place. And and again, we're just at the, at the infancy of looking at these expansions, uh, but it, it is the sort of thing that I think makes for does make for a much stronger, uh, broader community as a whole. And so, as you're looking at expanding, I there was a, a quote in uh, in a paper, and there's been a number of people that have been asking me because of your your status as one of the premier fiber to the home networks in the United States. And people have been asking uh, if you would petition the FCC to remove uh, some of the obligations that the state of Louisiana has created uniquely for public entities such as yourself. You and I have talked about this in the past, and, and you've clearly learned to live with the disadvantages that the state uniquely confers on you and you guys are doing well despite of them. But I'm, I'm curious if you can tell us if you have any plans to challenge the state's restrictions in order to expand. My first quick response to that is no, I don't have any plans to do that. Uh, and, and not that we would not like to be out from under some of these restrictions, but really, as you indicated, we've learned to live within them. And actually, it's kind of a source of pride for us uh, to have built a system that was not able to rely on any other part, any other asset of our organization or taxes uh, to be able to pay for it. We, we were able to build our system completely from the money that we could borrow to build a builder system and the resources that we had allocated to that system. The, the, the Louisiana Local Government Fair Competition Act is the, the, the law that was passed at the behest of Bell South at the time and Cox Communications uh, to make life difficult, if not impossible, for us to get into this business. We've, we have fought hard to live within and to respect that law. And we have now, you know, finished our fifth year of a Louisiana Public Service Commission audit where we have had an absolutely clean audit uh, to the point that they have no requirement to continue to audit us in that particular way. We're going to still be audited locally. In fact, we're by the most audited entity in the state. We were having three, virtually three audits a year that we had to go through. Very expensive, very cumbersome. But now we've made it. You know, we're, we're at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and, and we think that the way we've built our system is one that's easily defended sensible to anyone because now we can say very proudly that no tax dollars went into building the system and no utility dollars went into building the system. It was built all on its own uh, by virtue of us borrowing it and and, and borrowing the money and building it like like we should. So as we see it now, this law is not uh, adversely impacting us. It did in the old days. It, It makes it certainly difficult for any new 
entity in Louisiana to want to do it, do this attack. We're still the only city in the state that has even breathed publicly about the idea of building such a system. No one else will, really wants to talk about it because it's so much, so difficult, and they know the trials we had to go through. But from our perspective, uh, we don't see any reason to uh, to start kicking this around right now. Uh, as long as things stay as they are, and we can continue to run our business like we like the citizens expect us to, we're, we're fine with things as they are. So we're not, we're not looking to uh, make any appeals to the FCC or to any other entity uh, to uh, remove ourselves from, from or remove that law in the state. Now, if it happens through some other way, uh, through some federal action or whatever, you know, certainly we, we welcome that because certainly the more regulation you have, the more cost and the more issues you have to deal with in an organization. But as things stand now, if we have survived it uh, by the damnedest. Uh, we have survived it, and, and we're, we're moving forward and, and, and excited to be in this position. But I can respect that, and I and I do think you deserve um, the pride of of having you know um, succeeded under such adverse conditions. Uh, but before I think anyone wants to take your words to suggest that the law didn't hurt you, it's worth noting that it certainly slowed you down. I mean, you guys could have had this done years ago and and had much less problem. And I just I think it's worth emphasizing that because you noted it. But um, the the law clearly represents a barrier, and and anyone who would want to misrepresent your words to suggest it wasn't would be clearly misrepresenting your words oh no doubt and I, and and just to make it real clear uh, not having the having the law in place probably probably cost us millions and millions of dollars and it, it did because of, of multiple reasons one is that having it in place created a a a toehold uh for our competitors to find reasons to uh take actions to, to make it difficult for us to move forward with the project, whether it was through the Public Service Commission process, whether it was through filing lawsuits, of which we had many of them, $4.5 million worth of, of, uh, of fighting we had to go through before we could even build the system. So that by itself has been was a huge burden for us to carry. But, the, but even worse than that was that it affected our speed to market. And so what, what, what happened is our, our especially our, our cable company, Cox Communications, made the, uh, an overbuild of their system to upgrade it uh, to uh, DOCSIS 3.0. And what I understand is Lafayette was the first community in, in, in Cox's entire national footprint to receive this upgrade. That's right. We wrote about that. Because they, were, they, want, they did this so that they could now offer more services to be able to compete with our fiber system. And they were able to sign contracts with businesses in town to take them off the market before we were ready to serve businesses. So it cost us dearly uh, for that, that, that delay of speed to market. Any, any businessman will tell you that if he's got a good idea and a good concept, he wants to build a business, that the key to making it happen is to be the first one to be able to offer it or, be, or get to the market as quick as he can after he's assessed what his competition is doing. In our case, we were, we were delayed because of those court cases, and it hurt us a lot. I mean, you know, we had issues with getting into the NCTC, the National Cable Television Co-op, finally got that all resolved, but for the first, you know, several years, we had to fight that battle ourselves of trying to get the, the TV uh, 
the programming on our on our video system to really even offer something that was competitive. Uh, so we we went through a number of rings of fire to to get through where we are here. So to say the, that the law was was inconsequential certainly is absolutely false. But what what it, but the fact is that we have fought through those rings. We have made it through each each one to finally get to a point now that if the as the law stands today, if nothing has changed in it, we can survive going forward. But it, but clearly, the the law has had an absolute chilling freezing effect on the rest of our state because no other community wants to even take a shot at taking a look at doing this. So it's not the healthiest thing for the state, but from Lafayette's perspective, we've made it through and we're, we're, our eyes are focused on continuing to, to grow this business. Let's end on a, on a happier note, which is uh, we're three months away from the 10th anniversary of what might be the most impressive grassroots mobilization on this issue that we've seen in the country. Um, you said it was uh, July 16th, 2005, when you had the referendum. Uh, what are you going to do to celebrate that anniversary? Well, we're going to do, you know, the typical things of getting a, you know, the, a proclamation from our council to, to let people recognize this is taking place. We've got some little surprises, so I don't want to pro- put those out there too soon, but, but the, some of the things we're going to do is to recognize the people who stood up and said, we want to see this happen. And it was so impressive. Uh, of course, the, in 2005, the, 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 the I guess, the, the level of, of confrontation we have between the extreme right and extreme left was not what it is today. But but we had the Republicans, we had the Democrats all coming together saying this is a good thing for our community. Had the Chamber of Commerce come on board, even though our competitors were members of the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce come on board in support of Lafayette, uh, City of Lafayette building this system. That, that's huge. We had, of all the living former ch- chairmen of the chamber, I think every one of them but one signed on saying to support this project, and the one that didn't was an attorney for one of our competitors. On the day of the election in 2005, I, I'm sure somebody took a picture of it. I didn't. Uh, you know, We didn't have phones. I took pictures in those days. So you could do it as, <laughs> as seamless as you do it today. But but uh, I remember sitting in, an, in an, an office building that someone had lent us to use to try to help get out the vote because I was, along with my staff and, and other people in the community, making phone calls to remind people to go vote that day, that I, that I saw the chairman of the parish Republican Party uh, and the chairman of the parish Democratic Party literally sitting side by side in two cubicles making phone calls to get the vote out. Uh, and everybody being together that night to celebrate uh, the, the the returns coming in and celebrate the, the election that, that was won. Uh, it was such a unifying effort in the community. And all the noise our competitors made. I mean, they made such a big deal of trying to make us fail that they actually ignited the community to, in, a, in a much stronger way than we, than we could have ever done ourselves. So what we want to do is recognize the people, you know, the minorities, the from the majorities, the Democrats, the Republicans, everybody that were involved in it, you know, to, to come, kind of commemorate and have them be able to reflect on, you know, what was their vision? What would, did they want in 2004 and 2005 when we were having these debates? And how has that been realized uh, 10 years later, even though our system is only 
just finished our sixth year of serving customers because of all the, the lawsuit noise that took place after the election. But, you know, in the 10 years since the dream of having, and getting the election and getting everybody mobilized to make that happen, how has that been realized? How have they benefited from that? And how do we, what, what do we look for for the future? Uh, so it's, it's a nice uh, stepping point to kind of reflect back on what we've all together accomplished. And then how do we see Lafayette moving forward as a result of this um, in, in the future for our, for our families and our children? Excellent. Well, I really hope it's a terrific celebration. You all really deserve it. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Okay, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate the invitation. We have a number of stories on how LUS Fiber has impacted Lafayette. Chris also wrote a report in 2012 focusing on Chattanooga, Bristol, Virginia, and Lafayette. Check it out. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at Community Nets. Thank you to Person for the song Blues Walk, licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening. Have a great day.